morning, woke fam. It's not even morning. It's like 12.30 in the afternoon with me, at least. It's Neil. We got Zach. What's going on, brother? What's up, brother? It is definitely not morning, but we tried. It's okay. It feels like morning. <laughs> it feels like one of those days that are just always morning. It's like perpetual morning <laughs> until it's dark out, and you're like, uh, what? What? Honestly, bro, it's like the start of fall. I was actually just talking to someone with it about this last night. It's like, oh, it feels like fall just hit. And I was like, yeah. And there's some energy that's coming with that. And I was like, oh, yeah. That's that's what this long morning feels like. It just feels like fall. I just got this vision in my mind of like a fall leaf hitting the ground and you're looking at it. And as soon as you look up, it's just everybody's in Ugg boots. And I'm crying. <laughs> I'm like, no. You're crying all year. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, I'm like, yo, let me, I want to vibe in summer a little bit longer, like. It's all smoked up from all the fires and it's gloomy. I'm like, I just want to go lay in the sun and work out. I know, man. I like, want to go to the river, like go to the mountains and just like be out in nature, be in the sun. Like I want to soak up some nice Cali 75 degree yo light breeze in the sun type of type of vibes right now. I want to go to Shasta. Oh. We said that for a minute. I want to go to Shasta, man. I know we really wanted to for a while. It's like three and a half hours away. I still freaking do. It's just, yeah, it's far. I have to get to you, and then we got to get to Shasta. I guess a trip, but yeah, I know. And it's probably burning right now too. God, will you be? Will you be the Samwise Gamgee to my Frodo Baggins? I will be your Gandalf. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining myself. <laughs> I am not trying to rob you. I'm trying to help you. Yeah. I think Doggy Dog likes to think he's Gandalf too. But I have to share this vision I had for myself because it's really fucking funny. And last episode, we talked about it. I'm Team Bath all the way. Merman over here. Merman talking <laughs> out here. But I saw myself as Gandalf, except not in the Gandalf robe. I was just in the bathrobe and holding this me- I fucking mace. Knew. <laughs> <laughs> like my hair is all wet because I'm like fresh out of the bath, maybe just holding like a loofah instead of that freaking mace club staff thing. That would be hilarious. <laughs> and every time you smack the, the thing on the ground, like bubbles come out. <laughs> you shall not bath. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, Welcome to Woke Wasted, guys. <laughs> this is going to be one of those episodes. All right, we've got our we've got our five minutes of fuckery in. So <laughs> we wanted to drop in and talk to you guys today because Neil and I are both feeling in our feminine today. I'm wearing a nice soft sweater and just rubbing myself, just rubbing my body, feeling good, very in my emotions today. Neil has been taking baths, baths. <laughs> all week. I just reached out for a little cloth to touch and it feels really good. I'm actually just like stroking it against my cheek right now and I'm very happy. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, just, I'm wearing my absolute softest sweater and just kind of like rubbing it into my chest and I'm like sitting here with like a little like purple and pink and fuchsia notebook that an ex gave me that like I take that I journal in. Mm, it's a yeah. vibe. I'm wearing actually a black shirt and like gray shorts so I look super duty but like nah <laughs> nah <duty>. fam <laughs> i'm just caressing my cheek over here no big deal <laughs> uh, so what let's just talk about what it feels like to be in this place i mean what does it feel like for you to be in this more raw vulnerable state i mean that's exactly it like that's the word that i was going to use it feels really vulnerable yeah uh i mean no matter 
no matter how many times we try and scope ourselves out of what we're taught or what we're raised to be in the society that we grow up in, in the culture that we grow up in, it still feels really vulnerable for me as a man to be in my feminine, to be communicating my emotions and my truth because I'm supposed to be stoic. I'm supposed to know what the next move is, what the answer is, how to handle something. And when I'm in my emotions, like I don't know, my thoughts Mm -hmm. aren't incredibly organized. Like I don't know where I want to take this episode um, and how I'm going to be perceived and it feels very vulnerable. But I think that's yeah. like that's a really, really important part of the process. And I really think that there's a dichotomy or not a dichotomy, but a duality between being able to feel vulnerable in order to be able to lead through vulnerability and be ordered and able in order to be able to lead those who are feeling vulnerable. Yes, King. Yes. yes. <laughs> and so real quick, I had a little chuckle in there because I, was, I wasn't laughing at you. I was just thinking about the time I came to visit and was just uber in my feminine. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> so just to clear that up, not laughing at your vulnerability, I ask King it all the fucking way. <laughs> <laughs> Neil, what do you want to eat today? Oh, I don't know. I could go for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> As we're on the phone with one of our boys and he's like, yo, like, gotta look good today. I go with like the black shoes, the white shoes. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I don't know. He's white, like, oh my black, God, Neil, white, I've never black, seen I don't know. feminine like this before. <laughs> <laughs> As you're sitting on my couch, just like rubbing your nipples. <laughs> just like, yo, my body needed love. So I was giving my heart some love. My chest it was like love. the longest yard where they think they're taking steroids and they replace the steroids with estrogen. <laughs> estrogen. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. And it's so, funny yeah. too, right? Like I'm just going to wrap up that. Cause it's, it's actually just an interesting story. Cause when we first hung out before that, um, it was the opposite. Like I was super in my masculine, you're in my, you were in your feminine. And then the next time I come up, I'm just deeply beyond in my feminine and you are just all the way in your masculine. So it was just a really interesting dynamic to be able to see that play out between us. Well, yeah, I mean, I think the first several months <clears throat> of our friendship, like I was, I mean, I was just deep in this process of like healing my feminine and in doing that, like really re-articulating my masculine. And we were having a conversation about this the other day. This is probably a good place to to hop in on this is like my, my masculine pretty much up until a pretty recent time to me always felt like the petulant prince in like the more of like an entitled boy rather than like a grounded purpose-driven man. Like I always had a purpose. I always had a goal. There was always something I wanted to grow into and strive towards, but there was always this energy that felt young to it. And it wasn't until I was able to really go into my feminine and heal those feminine wounds that, you know, that I got from, from childhood or that I inherited through, you know, karma and family, uh, family dynamic that I was able to almost like remove that time filter and allow like the petulant prince to grow up into the more noble king type of energy. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, I mean, in full hype mode too, right? Being able to watch that on my end has been fucking amazing. Like I couldn't even think of you otherwise at this point. So all love, like you, you, <laughs> you are definitely in your deep, powerful masculine, bro. 
Thanks, brother. Well, I mean, I gotta say, uh, like, you were you were there, like, with me though through the whole thing. Like, you, going through my shit along with it with you, bro. You were going through your <laughs> shit, but you definitely you definitely uh, represented to me when we met, like, a very health. Although you know we're both still on our journeys, like you represented to me like a next step and like a very healthy articulation of what I was moving towards. And so I got to give you love and I got to say like, thank you so much for, for being that, for providing that and for being um, such a, you're such a unique, you're just such a unique guy along the way. Like it's hard to, it's hard to come across dudes who, this is me and my feminine just being like loving on you right now. Just like, um, like it's hard to come across guys who, are incredibly grounded and strong and steady and who are also incredibly loving. Like I, I show people love by kind of like shitting on them and like nagging them a little bit. Whereas you are just nothing but hype and love and acceptance. And it was like a very healing and nurturing thing to be around. Thank you, man. I'm going to accept every single word of that and every bit of love. So thank you. Thank you, thank you. Of course, man, I deserve that. But I'm also going to highlight the other end of it too, right? And this isn't to discredit myself any bit at all, but through all of that, I had never felt that for myself. And I know in ways that I showed up, in ways that people saw me, that part of it was there. And the way you describe yourself in that sort of like princely masculine, mine was just like little boy thrust in this position who's not ready for it. I'm like, oh, I have to do all this shit. And I'm still fucking scared. And I'm still not ready. And I'm still, you know, trying to accept all these ways of being a man and still just a little kid on the inside. And that whole process has been about seeing that and bringing like every way that people see me to bring that within myself and allow myself to see that and receive that from myself. Absolutely. So I think one of the things I was thinking about in meditation Mm -hmm. before this was the idea of healing as a spiral or as a series of uh, a series of circles. And it's, you can really see this mirrored out in your life where you've had many different leadership positions over the course of years. You were the captain of your football team in high school, and then you were the president of your frat. And then after you graduated from your MSW program, you became uh, like a, like a director or a manager uh, amongst a bunch of, a bunch of other social workers. And throughout all of those, you never really quite felt like what you're speaking to right now. You never quite felt like you could, shoulder the leadership in the way that in your soul you knew you were capable of and you felt a sense of um, fear and discomfort commensurate to the gap between where you were at in that moment and where you knew you could be in your heart but every time we come back around and relive these experiences every time we come back around and we see the same pattern in our life we come at it from a higher place in our consciousness where we can re-articulate the way that we view that relationship between ourselves and the world around us. So if you are somebody who will use a very benign example, but like has road rage um, and then you start your spiritual path and you start to 
become more patient and become more loving and become more accepting. And then you think that you're over your road rage and then, oh shit, you get road rage again. And you're like, oh my God, like nothing's working. It's not, I'm not changing. And that's not the case at all. It's just that you've, you've grown and now it's time for you to see that pattern again so that you can look at it from this higher purview and re-articulate the energy of it. And I think that I've really seen that in your life. And it's something that at this point you are just sprinting up the mountain. The only way through just with fucking daily baths along the way. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I think we've talked about the subject in so many different ways. And the one thing I would just want to share with our listeners is the one that really resonates the most with me. It's that, I mean, of course I'm just going to in classic Neil and Zach, I'm going to kneel it up a little bit. <laughs> Say <clears throat> those things that we see about ourselves that really just eat us up right? These things like I wasn't, you know, ready for this. They're, they're your triggers really, right? They're the things where you just don't feel enough about, or you just feel like there's some sort of shadow or wounding or whatever. Yeah. Um, most of those things I've ever seen that I've, I've noticed they're actually my greatest freaking gifts. And mm-hmm. it's exactly that, right? It's what I kind of coined it is it's your soul acknowledgement it's the soul acknowledgement of your truth of who you actually are and when you're feeling that discrepancy of where you are now versus like internally and it's not conscious but like internally you know that you're all these things then it just hurts right i was not yeah. a good speaker <laughs> i was not a deeply powerful man i'm like very it's very emotionally sensitive and very connected to people and very in heart. I wasn't this grounded, powerful force, <laughs> even though a lot of people saw me as that. I, I did not. It's, it's really just what's on the other side. When you start to step into your truth and you start to step into things that are uncomfortable and push yourself beyond where you are now, you start to move into that. And these things that were just these biggest limitations become your, greatest strengths and i think you and i are learning that so much right now dude and that's been that's kind of been the hallmark of this year for both of us <laughs> yeah and uh there's i mean there's layers to this right there isn't on one hand like you're speaking to everybody sees it in you even when you don't right everyone saw right. you as the leader and elected you as the leader long before you were seeing that um for me it it is like the ability to hold attention in a room and be very charismatic and um, I guess garner favor. I don't really know how else to put it, but like people would be like, Oh, you know, I I thought you were going to be X, Y, and Z. They're the most popular person in the room or like, you know, very charismatic, this, this, and that. And I'm thinking I'm scared shitless when I'm in front of a group of people talking. Me freaking too. (laughs) It happens to, it happens to work. Right. And I think one of those things is that, in some ways your soul has chosen this path and orchestrated for your personality structure to be in some ways scared of the, the responsibility that comes on the other side of that great power. Because with all of these gifts, like in some ways we are scared of what if I fuck it up? What happens if I do get the leadership that I know I'm capable of, of, garnering and uh, I lose it or I lead my, I lead my people astray or 
I fumble the big speech and I don't articulate the teaching well, whatever it might be. There's this fear there and you almost have to go through this, these layers of acceptance and these, these layers of learning go yeah. deeper within yourself on this journey until you can finally claim your full power and the responsibility that comes with it. Yeah. And I think that's why it carries so much more weight, right? Like the word you said that really stuck out to me is that it's orchestrated. And it's, you know, if you look at it at soul, it is like you are going into this life with this set of key lessons that you're supposed to learn and work through and everything orchestrates itself to be able to take you through that path. And sometimes it's going to take a long time. Sometimes it's going to be just a ball breaking year, couple years or month or whatever to take you through just hell to break you out of it. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> so you were talking about this and I was just thinking about that classic Marianne Williamson quote and I hate it because everyone fucking uses it but it fits perfectly so I'm just going to read it because I had to pull it up real quick because it's actually exactly this our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure it is our light not our darkness that most frightens us in a lot of ways, I really agree with that. Yeah, um, I do. There, my, my example would be, <clears throat> like, like I was alluding to earlier, holding attention and holding favor. Like I have, uh, I have a really fucking big personality. When yeah. I walk into a room, I'm, I'm, I'm a small guy. When I walk into a room, it's like my field is the size of the room. And all my friends, all my acquaintances will look at me and... I'll have four or five people trying to talk to me or trying to launch jokes at me or trying to, to just ping energy off of me to amplify their own state. And, yeah. you know, I'll walk into a room full of people who are all in a bad mood or who are all having kind of slow, um, staggered conversation. I'll walk in and the energy will go up until everyone is like, you know, at the edge of their seats. And it scares the shit out of me because I realize that I'm basically the node that is that every everybody in the room is trying to ping off of. And it's like, I feel like I have to be on all the time. And that was what I grew up with. It was feeling like I had to be mm -hmm. funny all the time. I had to be on all the time. I had to be the wittiest one. Uh, if, and that's pressure, because, because yeah. if I say anything wrong and if I, you know, stutter my words, if I get nervous, if I fumble and I embarrass myself, like everybody's watching. Yeah, uh, and that that was the pressure of it. But it was like, okay, here's here's a taste of the power that you have. How are you going to how are you going to relate yourself to this power and this gift? And it's now that I'm kind of coming out on the other side of it and really seeing it for that, seeing it for the gift that it is. You, I haven't seen you in those situations, but I can see it, and I know you well enough to speak to it and say that you showed up really well in face of all that. And when you're sharing that, I actually, I've, I've, I have, ne I was just fucking mind blown and I had never seen that within myself and I just noticed it and I saw all the little moments and I actually went out the other way in the kind of shy, intuitive empath side. I'd walk into a room and there's all these people I know and they want to talk to me and they all love me and I, you know, I like, I love them too. And now there's five people in my ear and I don't know where to go. And like my head's swiveling and then, okay, I'll be back. Whew. 
<laughs> pawn to take a breath and space. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to go back. <laughs> go unplug. So, yeah. yeah. I'm like, I need to go home. Breathe. So like there's too much happening right now. <laughs> the way that we both adapted to that, because like you, you and I are very different in this way. Like you like to shut the phone off and just be in your vibe, like in your energy for days at a time. Like you could go yeah. AWOL. Complete. For me, I like to be I'm very extroverted. I like to be just pinging off of people all the time. So if, one of the things that we always talked about when I was kind of waking up spiritually is like, dude, your brain moves so fast. Like in to, to the point where for a while it was getting in the way of me being able to tap into my spiritual gifts. But that's the way that my, that my psychology handled it. It was, I need to get faster to keep up with the demand. Yeah. So my brain would basically run at light speed so that no matter what somebody said to me or what somebody tried to rebuttal with me with, I always had something loaded up and I could always just kind of like continue to riff and bounce the energy around and continue to amplify it. And I can think very distinctly. There are many times where like I would, I would almost get too good at it and the energy would go so high in the group that it became too much for me to handle. Right. Which is a lot of what we've seen recently, right? In the times where you've kind of gotten uncomfortable and triggered is like the the intensity of your energy that comes through and it makes things uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I'm seeing, God, I'm, I'm, we're just like processing right now. At least I am because I'm seeing things. <laughs> How much of this ties into my current lesson, right? We talked about for me, my biggest lesson in my masculine is the cultivation of just discipline of the pure will of man to continue to show up over and over and over. And that's always been your greatest strength. And I've always been in full honesty, a runner. (laughs) And so my lesson in that, right. If I think about that room is to be able to show up and start to direct it and command it and put a little control and will and force into that. My greatest lesson right now is in so many different ways. How can I continue to show up in face of whatever the fuck else is happening and be just totally, you know, within me through it all? Absolutely. I mean, one of the things that you have that is a great gift is gravity. Right. You, you can slow things down really well. And if you even think about, the readings that we did at the end of the first episode. Oh yeah. My, the energy of my reading was at a faster clip. And then we went straight into your reading and it was, okay, let's slow things down. Right. And I think you really, I think that's one of your, your greatest gifts is like, whereas, whereas I am very good at amplifying the energy and getting people into this like elevated energetic state. I think you're really good at, getting people to slow down and be in their heart and be with themselves and to be in a state where those things begin to come up. Like where, right. where the things that, that arise out of that stillness can come up. And I think that's one of your greatest gifts. It's like, okay, I can't handle the stimulation. So I'm not going to play that game. We're going to play my game. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm seeing it. We're like, there's, there's a balancing to all of it. Right. And there's things I do have to work on on the other end of the spectrum for myself, the same way the masculine has to work within their feminine. The feminine needs to work within their masculine scope too. Yeah, the one does but not exist without the other. Exactly. 
right? We need that balance, but it's not always in the ways that you think, right? Like my cultivation of the other end of that doesn't look like the way Zach does it. Zach's cultivation of the other end of it doesn't look like the way I do it and neither are right or wrong. So for you too, it's like everyone else here listening, it's finding what's right to you. And it does, you can look at other people and other things for examples, but it's finding what is the most resonant to you and your truth and the way you show up for yourself in the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. So actually I want to ask you then, what does it look like when you cultivate your masculine and what it looks like when you cultivate your feminine or whichever one you feel more called to speak on? Um, it's hard to say exactly because it's come in so many waves, right? Like this whole year, you and I are just working, okay, one step okay, now here's the next piece. And then here's mm-hmm. the next piece and they all grow. So if I speak to her right now, I'll say my current lessons, um, I mean, what I mentioned for the masculine is, masculine is exactly that. It's being very sure of myself and I can still take in the input of anything else coming in, but it's just knowing deeply within myself what my truth is and then taking that into the world myself and committing to the discipline of what that needs to be and staying full force in that commitment and just knowing, right? It's just, it's honoring my knowing above all. Within my feminine, my biggest lesson has been honoring my emotions and creating space for it. And that threw me off guard. Because <laughs> my, you know me, man, I'm Mr. Emotion. I'm good with emotions. I understand emotions. I'm connected to my emotions. But the part that I realized was how disconnected I was from it within my body. Mm, yeah. And that's been my fucking life changing. Which is life so changing. You're so clairsentient. <laughs> right? All you my gifts are within else's. body. <laughs> yeah. Um, and now that I say that, I think that was also a layer of it too, is I'm picking up on so much of everyone else's stuff. That you had to I'm dissociate not, from your body. Yeah, I'm too not much. connected to my own. Really interesting. I'm like, yeah, oh, like, that's, I, I could oh, go shit. into that. I feel, I feel, I'm not feeling my own body. I'm feeling everybody's body in this room who's got their energy spilling out over them or is trying to engage with me energetically mm-hmm. or, or, or is looking at me and feeling my energy. I'm feeling all of them what's easier for me as a young man is to just dissociate from my body. I don't need yeah. to feel that. Right. Yeah. But I think that's, that's, that was really a, a coping mechanism for you and you're working your way. And I think into that too is, I mean, if you're earlier on in your path is you don't even know half of that. Yeah, you can, yeah, <laughs> right. You it's just, you're just flooded and it's just a thing and that's it. So your body just does all this. And as I start to grow more within myself and my path and my spirituality and my knowing my connection to all and nothing and self i start to see that which is why i live in the bathtub too right it's just one of my many ways of clearing all that out of me and giving myself the space to connect with myself Mm. but it's been i mean with me and my feminine it's exactly that it's 
more than just allowing emotions to come up as they do and giving them space to breathe. It's taking my masculine into that space, into my feminine and creating space for that to open up. And I will set aside time and just be with my body and just breathe and sit and wait until things start to come up. And then I'll start to flow with them and connect with them and express them and let myself speak and move and do whatever it needs to. But these are things that would not have come up if I didn't actually create the space for it to. Yeah, I mean, so the, the way to think about masculine and feminine within yourself is the way to think about it like you would in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I mean, I'm obviously a really busy guy, like with med school <clears throat> and everything like that. So when I when I work with people who are also really busy and don't, they're busy at the expense of their feminine, I help yeah. them go into their feminine by utilizing the masculine, right? Because the masculine allows the feminine to feel safe to feel by creating that container. And not only that, but if you set aside time and create that container, like you're saying, it's like, okay, I'm going to spend 30 minutes tonight just being in my feelings journaling, feeling my body, dancing, whatever, whatever it is, right? I'm going to set aside that 30 minutes. That way my masculine isn't bristling the whole time and getting in the way of my feeling process. It's not saying we're taking time away from work or we have X, X, Y, and Z to get done, or this is uncomfortable, right? Cause it's already, it's being utilized already like saying, okay, well, we've scheduled this in. So we're going to create a container and so both parties are happy. Like my masculine is satisfied right. and it's creating a very safe container for me to feel in and do some deep, deep, deep healing in that right. regard. It's the, that, that itself is the act of balancing both within you. And even in, right, once you're in that place of connecting the feminine, your masculine is holding that space for it. I am allowing myself to be safe within myself and that's through the physical masking of my body and that's holding that space and being okay with it and then once it all expresses too right the other end of it for me is then speaking to myself through it and allowing that masculine force to come through and nurture and nourish myself and to see and to then speak what's true and to talk myself through it, to talk my inner child through it, to talk my feminine through it, and then to be settled in and of myself. And all of a sudden, everything's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Like when you talk about inner child, because I always think of, I see the, I see the three. I see the masculine, the feminine, the inner child yep. in terms of integrated healing. And you can talk about like negative and positive poles within those, right? Like darkness and light within those. But just to make it simple, like those three things, and so whenever I have an inner child wound come up, it, I feel into, does this need, does this inner child need feminine nurturing or does it need masculine holding? Right. And for me, like I grew up with I me, mean, my, my mom and my dad were divorced by the time I was born. So she was a single mom for a while. I was raised by her, like three of my aunts and my grandma. So a lot of, and I was the youngest of my cousins. So a lot of female nurturing and attention and like being the, you know, the little golden boy. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the time, what my inner child needs is a healthy father figure. And that's what I have to bring to it a lot of the time. Cause it's been nurtured, right? It's had its tears, you know, 
fed into and coddled and, and held, right? It needs that strength to hold it by the shoulders, wipe its tears away, ask it if it's okay, and then tell it the purpose behind the pain that it's feeling and to hold space for it to integrate that knowledge and to be reassured that it will grow into a strong man. And that's kind of, that's been a really powerful practice for me is learning what type of energy to bring to my inner child wounds. Mm -hmm. So for anyone going through that, how do you then figure that out? Because for me, my process is not to figure it out. It's to just go through all of them. And I know some are going to carry more take more time and energy and the others that aren't necessary. Maybe, you know, I'm done after a minute of, of that end of the spectrum, but how do you then figure that out yourself? Yeah. Well, I mean, it goes back to feeling it in your body and, you know, this is something that you and I both teach our clients and that's, uh, I mean, I could take, I could take people through just a very brief, like, you know, minute and a half exercise and it's just, okay, you've had, let's, let's envision that you've had a long uh, week at work and you're, you're kind of drained Friday comes around, it's 4 p.m. on a Friday, you're getting off work and you're thinking to yourself, okay, like I was invited to a party that starts at like, you know, 8 p.m. or whatever, it's, it's going to go, uh, you know, ad infinitum. Like, I don't know when it's going to end. It's basically just kind of like leave when you leave. Um, or I could stay in tonight and I could read a book or I could watch my favorite show or I could just, you know, drink a glass of wine or have a beer and watch some, watch some sports, whatever it is you can, in your mind's eye, put yourself in those two positions and then feel how your body feels when you do that, right? For me, usually when I feel myself going to the party, my energy lifts up and I get excited to see people. I get excited to tell jokes and talk to people. And like, even as I'm thinking about it now, you can hear how my energy picked up. Um, right. When I think about staying in, it can be nice. Sometimes I need that. But usually I'm like, oh, you know, mm. I can do that whenever. Like I'm going to remember the night at the party. I'm not going to remember the night reading a book at home. So I do the same thing when I'm confronted with an inner child wound. I see that small child, sad, kind of downtrodden or scared or whatever the energy is in his room or walking out of his room or whatever he, he might be doing coming out of the corner. And I feel those two things. I feel myself um, embodying as the mother, you know, getting ready to hold and hug and nurture and if I get, if my energy pulls back and crumples up and feels like, Ooh, you need to fuck off then, <laughs> which is something which is actually part of like one of my, which was part of like my avoidant relationship patterns in my early twenties and my late teens, right? Um, which I can get to a little later then the, but if, if I experience that, then I'll take a step back and I'll come at it from the father and, you know, sit there, take a knee, put my, put a hand on his shoulder, put my hand on top of his head, have him look at me and be present with him. And in that presence, pulling him out of that sadness and out of that emotion, instead of feeding into that emotion to be felt more, which is sometimes very, very necessary, but that's always what I had as a child. So I put my hand on his shoulder or on his head and I look in his eyes and I hold presence with him. And it's like when a kid falls off their bike and they start crying, like, do you feed into it and be like, oh my God, you're hurt. Or do you ask them like, hey, are you okay? How do you feel? you beefed off your bike. That's cool. Like you failed. You're going to fail a lot in life. You're going to learn a lot from it. You're going to get better. And it's that kind of energy And whichever one I feel in my body feels better and feels like I'm progressing through a healing process. Then I feed into that one. Yeah, man. It's, 
uh, I mean, that was absolutely beautiful. And I actually just ended up closing my eyes and just sitting and listening and just feeling into your exact experience there. And the one thing that really stuck out was a moment where you're like, I just need to feel like the hand, you know, the hand on my shoulder or the hand on my head or on my back. Um, you know, that's exactly what your inner child would have wanted. And it made me think back to actually what you and I, what I kind of unraveled for myself yesterday. But there's an interesting point here. And it's one of the things I've heard a lot of people share, actually. I just never gave it too much light. It's like, what did you need the most as a child? Because that still sits with you yeah. now, right? That's one of That's the biggest lessons. Like, what did you need the most that you were denied or that you didn't have? And what we unraveled for me yesterday, right, was I was denied emotional expression because I was told the way I'm seeing things, the way I'm all this is wrong. Like you need to see it, this, this, and that. And you need to see the other person's perspective. But the one thing that was denied was my own individual perspective and expression mm -hmm. of that. And so one of the things for me that I've seen in myself that I always wondered about was like, why am I just so calm and zen? And why isn't there nothing wrong? Because I'm always thinking outwardly of everyone else's experience and I'm not allowing my own experience to come forward. And it was through that. And so if I think back to my child, the one thing I would love was just to be able to share my experience and have it heard and have it be validated, which I'm now in this moment seeing as what happens when I'm doing my work, my body work with my emotional body within my physical body is allowing and creating space for the emotions to come forward for them to genuinely just express as whatever the hell they are and what they have to share and what they have to say. And then once that's all settled, then giving it love in whatever way it craves. I mean, that's beautiful. I mean, I think that's a great exercise for people too, to, I mean, you, you refer to it at times as channeling your body, but really just giving voice to the feelings that you have in your right. body, really just feeling them and letting them talk. Like you're saying like, Oh, I have this knot in my sacrum. What do you, what is this? You know, what, if you were to say something to me, what would you have to say? And it's like, Oh, I'm, I'm hurt that you, that you feel guilty about pleasure. Like I, I want you to be able to eat a piece of chocolate and not have to think about running on the treadmill later. I want you I want you to be able to be here with me and feel this pleasure. Like that kind of like whatever it yeah. is. I mean, I did the, I did the same thing with anger the other day that I was telling you about. It's Let's, a powerful practice. If you want, do you want to share that experience? Because I think I'm going to go into mine as well. I, I think absolutely it'll be good for everyone to hear. Okay, yeah. So uh, I was doing... I was doing not yoga, but I was doing like a body weight workout and my wrists were hurting. My elbows were hurting. My shoulder were hurting. Um, and, and I mean, I've had plenty of MSK problems through wrestling and powerlifting and CrossFit and Taekwondo. And like, I mean, my joints are, my joints have been fucked up in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, but it's been getting to a point where like even body weight stuff was starting to hurt. And it just felt like I had this chronic inflammation in my joints and muscles. Uh, and so it got to a point where I was just getting frustrated about it. And I asked you to do, you know, some body work on me and uh, you offered to channel, you know, what my body needed. So my guides came through and they just said like you, it all is in your sacrum. Like you have so much anger in your sacrum and you need to 
express it and not just like sit there and feel it like you do with your other emotions. Cause I do the letting go technique and I usually feel my body and allow the emotion, the space to be felt, right. but they're like, you need to, you need to be intentional about feeling into your anger and you need to express it and you need to amplify it and then push that energy of that anger into the spots of your body that hurt. And I spent, I mean, I basically went into a trance. I spent like 25 minutes in my room, like giving voice to my anger and oh boy, was there a lot. There was like, <laughs> I mean, I was basically just channeling my anger and like letting it, letting it speak through me. And I was, you know, punching the ground and like gripping the the carpet and like squeezing until my muscles were cramping and twitching and it's like frothing at the mouth. And I was yelling and I was just, I could just feel these bouts of anger and like my, my sacrum would pulsate and then my abs would contract and then all the energy would move up through my limbs and my head. And um, I would just start yelling or I would start crying. And there was years and years and years of anger um, because a lot of, you know, when, when I really hit like my rock bottom, I went into spirituality and tried to rise above things. I tried to be in love with things. I tried to be, I tried to see everything as God. And while that is, I think the ultimate truth, there's a level of spiritual bypass that can happen when we're inexperienced with that. And so I went back to like, you know, when my engagement ended and just let my anger talk about like, oh, you made, you know, you made me feel like nothing. You made me feel expendable. And then I went to another failed relationship that I had and like gave my, my anger, all the, all the horrible things inside of me that, I would never act on obviously, but like needed to be said and expressed that I, I held in a cage because it's not civil, right? It's not, it doesn't fit our environment and it's, it's dark and I never gave it voice. And so one of the visions that I started to have as my anger was speaking through me and it was at this point I was laying on my back and it felt like my, my ankles and my wrists were chained to the ground and my back was like arching up. It looked like a fucking exorcism. And the vision that I was having was like this maximum security prison. And there was a cave under a cave system underneath the prison. And if you go all the way down, like to subterranean levels, there was this like deep, 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 deep subterranean cave where this malnourished, mangled, emaciated, crazy version of me was chained to a cave wall with like cold water trickling on him. And his, he had a beard and his hair was long and, you know, matted and he was malnourished. And he just had hunger and craziness in his eyes. And he was like foaming at the mouth. And this anger was talking through me and basically saying like, you have chained me up in the darkness for so long. And even when you don't feel, even when you feel like you were free of me, I was always there like behind your eyes. And I really realized like, how I starved this part of myself and all it wanted, what it said to me was, I want my fucking seat at the table. I want the throne that I deserve. I'm a part of you. I want to be integrated. And through that practice over the last several days, whenever I get angry, whenever I miss a flashcard and I get like a surge of anger, I just fucking yell at my computer. Like, and I'm doing it all intentionally. I'm not losing right. control. I'm doing it intentionally. But since I've started to do that, like, I mean, you've, I mean, you've, you've seen me over control. the past couple of days. Yeah, I have more control. I'm more grounded. All of these things about, all of these things about my masculine and about myself that I felt like I had lost, like 
whatever, like my ability to lead, my ability to be grounded, my ability to be strong, all of those things started to come back to me, but they came back to me in a more matured way. Whereas in my teens and twenties, it came from like aggression and a need to dominate and a need to uh, assert myself over things. It came through as this noble divine anger is like an expression of the divine through the energy of anger rather than being controlled by your temper. And that was a huge, huge, huge process for me. And I really think that I'm going to start a program called like angerist, like whatever, anger assimilation or something of that nature and really help take people through that process because our society and our culture does not leave space for anger. It's been, it's probably one of those emotions that has been the most shunned. And we see a world right now that we, that we live in where a bunch of unintegrated anger is bubbling to the surface because it's not given space to be, to be felt in processed healthily so you have people getting murdered in the street you have people cursing each other out you know in in parking lots you have terrible terrible things happening all over the world because anger is not being seen as divine and it's not being given the space that it deserves all emotion all experience is divine true and right so i want to actually dig in this a little bit more too um it's, I think, one of the most important things of most of the men's work out there. And I think it's also one of the most important things that's missing from some of the feminine work. So let's spend a little time on this. So one of the things when I was listening to you that was coming up for me was just the idea of just these darker thoughts and dark emotions. And I want to dig into that because I think in all honesty, a lot of us have those and carry those so much more than we are willing to share, whether that comes Mm -hmm. out maybe intimately and sexually in the bedroom, whether it comes out in these, you know, sinning carnal thoughts and desires of things you want to do. And, you know, it could be something as, you know, if you think about a kid that's getting bullied and that them sitting in the mirror thinking and talking about how they beat the person up and, having that full conversation like we've all had that full conversation in a place where it doesn't even exist Mm -hmm. right and these they're that expression it's the expression of what is building up within us and the more that we deny it the more those thoughts grow and grow and grow and the more they become darker and more sinister whatever the fuck you want to say yeah the vibration grows on itself yeah and you know, this is something you actually you guys haven't heard us talk about yet but zach and i do a lot of work with entities and the thing that comes from that is they present in the way that they know how so if some some soul had just this horrific life experience or this horrific death they stay in that state of fear. And so when they try to come out and communicate, even if they're craving love and wanting to express love and help, it comes from this expression of just deep fear and darkness. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with our emotions and our emotional bodies. These thoughts, these desires are just expanded on because we suppress it and it builds and builds. And so it comes out in this way that it doesn't actually mean to. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the, the vibration of your emotions 
are different dimensions. And if you don't believe me, think about if you have a kid, for example, or you have a a niece or a nephew, think about if you are really agitated and impatient and frustrated and the kid walks up to show you a a drawing that they made, you're going to be like, get this, you know, like inside you, get this the fuck away from me. I don't have time for this. But if you are in love and in peace and you're very contented and, you know, coming from a place of heart, and that same kid runs up and shows you that same drawing. You're, this is amazing. Like, this is such a beautiful expression of love. And I'm so glad that you drew this for me because you gave me this gift from your heart. And it's fucking beautiful, right? Like, mm-hmm. and it's you're, it's the same physical experience and it's a completely different world that you're living in. Um, yeah. And like Neil is saying, like with, like with these entities, you know, they, they exist at a certain vibration. And whatever they try and talk to you through, they make you experience that vibration because they don't know anything else. And then in that experience, right, we talk to them, we give them space, we give them love, and all of a sudden it starts to shift and they can actually voice the reason that they're there. The same way with these emotions, if I am in immense, I don't know, fear, and so I'm coming out in anger and I want to just hurt people and do all these things, and that's what's coming out of me, and I slowly give it room to breathe, I slowly give it room to express and it starts to lessen little by little. And all of a sudden you get to this point where it's like, yeah, I just, I feel hurt and unheard. But yeah. it's all of all this other stuff coming to the surface, but it's really just this one deeper little thing. And that's the divine within the dark, right? The dark is not bad. You give it the space to be and it's love. It's your body telling you, hey, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I need. It's just a matter of getting to that. Yeah, it's just trying to get your attention. It's all it needs. Just need like attention is the greatest gift of humanity. Mm -hmm. Something that Don Miguel Ruiz once said. It's beautiful. Yeah, and I think it's exactly that, right? Attention. And it's trying to get your attention. And if you think about a little kid, right, that needs something, he or she is trying to get your attention. And if you ignore it, it's just going to get more intense mm-hmm. and it's going to get louder and maybe things will get thrown and maybe your hair will get pulled or whatever. Mm-hmm. The intensity amplifies until it is seen. Yeah. Or until you ignore it to the point where it goes into its room and it cries and it, it doesn't come back out. Yeah. And sure, it might be out of sight, out of mind, but think about the damage that's being done and right. the pain that's festering. And it can get to that point too. One of the things that I wanted to talk about was like, the way that my anger alchemized into the lower vibrations, right? And it, this, this kind of goes into like Dr. David Hawkins work, but he maps out the levels of consciousness um, on like a logarithmic scale. And it goes like shame, guilt, apathy. Uh, I want to say like fear, grief, fear, uh, anger or desire, anger, and then pride. And then it starts to get into the life supporting vibrations but my anger unexpressed i mean i expressed it a lot as a teenager and as a young man but as i started to to hide it and not express it i became very soft and i became very weak and i started to get scared i started to get scared to express myself i started to get scared to assert myself because i just didn't think anybody would care i didn't think it would work i think i thought it would make me appear weak or that people were going to see the pain inside of me, whatever it was. But like, 
it, it ended up, whereas I was at a point of anger, which is a very energetic emotion and is vibrationally higher than fear and guilt and shame. And it's, a, it's an energetic emotion that allows you to take action and make change in your physical world. I let it atrophy into the even lower vibrations to all the way down to shame, really, in some cases where, I mean, there were times during that, during that, you know, that anger assimilation, that channeling where I, my body, like all the muscles gave out and I collapsed because I, my, my vibration collapsed down to shame and it became very weak for my body. And I just started saying like, why are you so fucking weak? And I just started right. crying. Um, and I, I, I got my anger to break me through into that, into that wounding, into that deeper, deeper layer. Uh, but one of the things about that is like I'm saying is that the emotion can either be continually fed and not expressed and amplified. And that's where you see like kids who get bullied, who don't have the strength to go up against their bullies and continue to amplify that anger inside of them and develop into school shooters. Right. I know that's a, mm-hmm. it's a triggering topic, but you can it's also true. have the majority of other people who are, you know, not who don't go that path, who, stuff their anger down because there's nothing they can do about it. And they become apathetic. They become, they feel guilty about everything they do. They feel shameful about their existence. And either way, it either atrophies or it gets stronger, but not in a good way. So the only way through is to feel it, is to express it in a constructive way so that you can amplify it up to those higher emotions of, you know, courage. Oh, I had the courage to take action or, acceptance or neutrality or love something like that yeah shit you have the courage to just be with it that's mm-hmm. the hardest part after all that right those years and years of stuff in here it's like okay like i'm scared shitless but i gotta let this out for a second and let it flow yeah. that shit's fucking scary because for someone who's never experienced their emotions, it comes out so intensely, right? Those are the waterworks. That's the screaming and just roaring and tussling that comes when you finally let it out. But then all of a sudden you feel so light and you also feel like a mess. But then the next day you wake up and it's a little bit lighter and things are a little bit more easier and in flow. And then you do it again and you do it again. It takes less and less time and effort and all of a sudden life starts moving. Things start feeling good. It's the magic in it. It is magic, man. Yeah. So I want to share about the other side of this too is I'm going to share a little bit about my experience in this. And you and I talked about this moment a lot. I had, I made a really tough decision and I was really good with it. And I was very empowered after it. I felt very masculine, and big, and powerful. My chest just felt big. Like I felt very firm in myself I was like, okay, I'm good with this. But at the same time, something felt really off. And I didn't know what it was. And I couldn't pin it for the life of me. I'm like, man, like, I feel so manly. And there's something here. (laughs) And I went through my day just like, it just kept sitting and it kept growing. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And I was like, oh, I feel there's a little something like, I think it was like in my stomach. And so I had to create some time to sit with it and let it open and connect to it. And that was when I just very, 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 (laughs) for the first time started to go into my body and like give this expression to what was happening. And it came in and was like, I 
feel like I'm being left behind. I'm scared of being left behind. And that started to express itself more and more and more. And then all of a sudden there was this whole another wave. I'm like, no, 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 that's not even it. <laughs> it's deeper than that is I am feeling all the moments that I have left myself behind. I am feeling all that from my life where I chose something else over myself, where I gave and chose this external source instead of giving to myself, choosing myself and receiving through myself. I gave away my power. I gave away my energy through seeking to validate myself and, you know, so that twisted dynamic. And as I did that, I felt all this energy release and I felt things just click out and into place in my stomach and gut. And I felt this just wave of clearing and all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, I feel like I need to go for a run right now. I don't know why I'm like, okay, cool. Like I'll do it. We'll see what happens. Like, again, my body's not feeling that great. It'll be a light run, whatever. And I go and I've always had horrible, just core activation. And I'm on this run and all of a sudden everything's activated. I'm like, holy fucking shit. Everything's like in place. I am in like, great alignment my lower abs are really activated they're burning like every and like my hips are in amazing position i was like holy shit like i cleared so much of that junk that was keeping me from just my body from being good and it's it was just a testament to how much of that emotional denial sits within the body and how at how many levels it starts to impact you and affect you and like that is within my body. I know for a fact that also impacts my life and how I show up and the flow of things in my life. Dude, yeah, and, that's that's so it's so true. So yeah. pointed. Yeah, man, it's 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 just so fucking interesting. So that's all I got there. I'm like tapped out on this right now. I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I mean, I, th- I think that I think that's a that's a great it's a great example because it also shows that so much of what we what we feel experience emotional pain towards is really our soul asking us to give that to ourselves yeah right it's like oh i want i want this partner or i want a partner or i want this kind of relationship okay well what kind of emotional support or what kind of emotional hole are you trying to fill that you are not able to integrate and, and fill into fill yourself, right? Because you are whole as a being. You've just forgotten it. And so how can you find that wholeness within yourself? When What can you heal? What energy can you bring to yourself? Same thing here. It's like, I felt like I, felt like I was getting left behind. Well, oh shit, I realized here are all the choices I've made throughout my life and all the choices that I'm continuing to make in small ways on a day-to-day basis of me not choosing myself. And I mean, that's such a, it's such a powerful question to ask when you feel this pain, obviously feel it, express it, give it the space it needs. Don't spiritually bypass it, but remember to ask yourself, how can I give this to myself? Whatever I feel like is lacking, how can I bring that to myself? Because when we bring that to ourselves and we fill that space, we start to vibrate at that level. Like, let's say like, we'll use the example of the partnership. Like I want this kind of partnership. I want to feel, 
I want to feel loved, seen, supported, and safe, right? We'll use that as an example. Well, okay, how can I give that to myself? You start to eventually work towards that and you start to create that experience and that feeling in your body and you become, you start to feel whole in that. And as you're experiencing that emotion, you're vibrating at that frequency and you bring to you the partner that matches that and amplifies that experience. And the beautiful part of that is that they will also bring their own packet of lessons for you to grow through next. Oh yeah. Yeah. In a beautiful way. It's that's the message, man. Like I've been getting that for myself too, from cards, even from that card poll I showed you this morning from channel, from the records, whatever. It's like, how can you give to yourself what you're wanting to receive? How can you receive through yourself? How can you give to yourself? Do that. And then we will provide to you the rest. Do that. And so you become this magnet where you just draw in all this aligned shit. And if you don't do that, right, then you carry this and then you draw in all the aligned shit to that. And you don't want that, right? That sucks. And I think that's such a beautiful question of, okay, what is it I need? And what can I give to myself? How can I give to myself? I think if there's any takeaways from all this, it's really being able to pull into that and just see, okay, like what can I do for me right now? Absolutely, man. What just be- beautifully, just a nice little cherry on top of that. Yeah. So I think both the, both you and I have dumped an incredible amount of heart and brain energy into this. <laughs> Is there anything that our guides want to say before we close out? I'm good on my end. I think you got something. Let's see. Know that the love that you are seeking exists inside of you always. And as you align to yourselves in support, as you align to yourself as the one who can be the provider, to be the nurturer, you become the mother. You become the father. You become the partner that you are seeking and feel that you could never have. You become the job that you do not feel deserving of quite yet. So find these things inside of you because your soul knows these things in truth. It is at one with the source of all things and knows itself as nothing but that. So go into your heart and you will find what you are seeking. Amen. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you to your beautiful guides. Thank you to our beautiful audience. Hopefully there's a copy right now on the second episode. Because <laughs> we just filled our hearts and guts to you guys. And I hope you give yourself the space to be able to do the same. Love y'all. Love, love, love you guys. And we'll see you next time. Adios. Adios.